0: Uncle Walter's Year of Wonder February Hey! How you doing? Come on up. Good to see you again. I see you still have that coat. I may have to get one. It's still cold, but not as bad as it was. The snow, however, has fallen so fast and deep that I did wonder if anyone would get out here. February likes to bury us in the white stuff. Winter spitefulness takes many forms. As long as I have enough supplies and the driveway is clear, I shut my curtains and wait until the snow has disappeared. But when we were kids, and the snow fell deep, deep enough to be of interest and of use, uh, then we couldn't wait to get outside. Well, some of us, anyway. My sister was always the first to go out. She would pick up the snow, test it in her bare hands. If it didn't hold together, she would come in, take off her boots, and ignore it. If, however, it packed tight, well, we wouldn't see her for hours. It wasn't snowmen she made, no. Jackie's adept hands conjured cats, rabbits, dogs, mice, raccoons, and skunks, all of them emerging like magical white statues, sparkling with life as they lined the driveway and dotted the snow-covered lawns. I never used to think much of it when I was young. All those cold hours Jackie endured to produce creatures that we all knew would not survive the first spell of warmer weather, it seemed part of her inspiration to make the most of what she had, knowing that seasons always change, that time moves forward. One of the reasons I didn't appreciate all this when I was younger was the fact that I knew the type of snow which formed Jackie's glistening menagerie would also form snowballs. The Snowballs meant snowball fights, anything involving the word fight, when you are the youngest in your family, youngest in your extended family, always led to tears. My tears, to be precise. Whenever cousins would come over, and there were plenty of them, the play invariably turned rough, and I was often at the bottom of the pile. My parents were also the youngest of their siblings, so they were aware of my status in the kids group, and my brother Henry... Who was over four years older than me was forced to play the protective big brother whenever the rabble of relations turned up at our house. However, he seemed to forget that role whenever we found ourselves away from home. At aunts and uncles houses there was no one in my corner, no one watching my back. Some cousins seemed as old as adults to me back then and they would organize wrestling matches between the younger kids then watch as we took turns fighting. I never stood a chance. My crying only stopped things for a short while, as if it were an accepted part of the proceedings, just like the breaks for milk or cookies, or the presenting of a rusty medal to the eventual winner. The snow, the snow was just another battlefield for me to be annihilated on. You know, I think being the youngest, just made the others relieved of the fact that they weren't. Who wants to be the bottom of the pile? You could call it survival of the fittest, I guess, if you wanted to go all anthropological about it, but that's just a term to justify cruelty and ignore responsibility to stop people getting hurt. In this case, me. I just wanted to be older and quickly they give him a head start, my cousin Brennan would say as I struggled to run in knee-deep snow after he shoved a handful of ice down the back of my hood. I could feel it numbing the back of my neck and trickling down my spine as I fled, only to feel the thud of snowballs pepper me from behind as Brennan and my brother Henry enjoyed their slow-moving target. I imagine being ten feet tall, Forming snowballs the size of prize-winning pumpkins and dropping them on everyone's head before crushing them into the ice with the heel of my size 50 snow boot. Instead, one by one, the snowball stung the back of my head, bruised my butt and the backs of my thighs. Oh, the kids are having so much fun, Aunt Beryl would holler. Aunt Beryl Once I asked my brother, as we trudged back and a cold tear stuck to my cheeks, why he didn't help me, I knew the answer to my futile question. I don't know, he'd reply. It's just how it is, I guess. And I did know how it was, where we stood. He was my brother, but with our extended family, he was an older cousin, and he had to play like one. He didn't like when Dad hollered at him. You're supposed to look after your brother. But it made no difference, because under the pressure of his peer groups, my brother's role as protector came a distant second. Plus, my dad was a sports fanatic, and I loved sports too. Henry? Well, he just wasn't as good as me, so he took every chance he had to pay me back for the exclusion he felt. Henry's radar no longer included his unwanted job of looking out for me, He was a teenager, and we both knew he resented the responsibility he never asked for. It was during a deep February snowfall, I must have been about 12, that one day the drifts were so deep out in the country that we had to walk further from the school bus, as it couldn't stop close to the safety of home. Henry walked with his friends, a group of four or five older teenagers, including Carl Stadler who I knew even Henry was afraid of. I tried to walk with him. Hey, don't you hang with us, little squirt, Stadler said. My brother said nothing. I stopped, waited for them to move, and tried to follow again. I told you to get lost, Stadler yelled as he picked up a handful of snow. I scurried to the other side of the slippery road and walked on my own feeling the familiar sting of rejection from older kids. But Carl Stadler was not done with me yet. I could hear my name being spoken, and when I looked up, my stomach started to turn. There were no longer a group of individual boys hanging around. They were a pack, prowling toward me, and Stadler led the many-legged beast in my direction. Henry lurked at the rear, ignoring my attempts to make eye contact. The others had no problem looking at me. Who doesn't look at their target when they take aim? It was snowballs at first, some missing, some hitting. The snow was too deep for a quick escape, but within seconds the snowballs were replaced by fists, and then a boot. I was crying, half-buried in snow, the pack piling in as one creature laughing, reveling at its own power over something small. I don't know what was worse, the pain all over my body from their blows, or the bottomless humiliation and betrayal, or maybe even the hopelessness that consumed me every time the snow drifted. Only when my sister noticed what was going on and walked with me did the attacks in the snow stop. Uh, If only I had been ten foot tall. ''I'll tell Dad,'' said Jackie. ''You'll be bigger one day, Walt. Don't worry.'' And I did grow. And I did get bigger and a little stronger. Also, turned out I had an aptitude for sports, as my PE teacher said. Just as how the snow sculptures and all things creative flowed through Jackie with ease, I seemed to be able to catch and throw, kick and strike balls of all sizes without appearing to have to try.'' I did have to try, of course, and concentrate, and practice, just as I'm sure my sister concentrated and practiced in order for her endeavors to appear effortless. But then, it's easier to say we had aptitude rather than admitting that anyone can achieve things if they put the hours in. Anyway, my skill at pitching caught the eye of not just the PE teacher, but local baseball coaches, and it wasn't long before I was being sought out my little league teams on account of my great arm. I knew Henry had once thought of himself as the sportsman, and as the eldest, he could run rings around me and Jackie in our backyard, but no one had sought him out for his great anything. I tried to include Henry with my practicing, but he had zero inclination to join me. As I improved my skills down to that talent i had of trying hard i spent my weekends playing matches and competitions coming home with real medals from time to time hey henry i said full of pride and hoping for his recognition look at this we came second but i won mvp in the tournament for chucking a ball how brave of you he said without looking look they engraved my name on it, I said. He took my medal and threw it across the room. Even though I'd grown, Henry now looked like a young man, and there was nothing I could do but go pick it up and sulk back to my room. After that successful summer of pitching, the hormones started to do their job, and I got a little bigger. And By the time February and the snow came again, I was still Henry's little brother, but I had gained some notoriety among some of the older jocks. One day, the snow fell hard and fast as soon as the school bell started the day, and the Lakeshore Effect snow dumped barrels of the stuff throughout the area before lunchtime. This resulted in an early pickup, but the school bus had to stop even further from the house of those of us that lived in the country, For some reason, Jackie had gone ahead that day. As I left the bus, I saw my brother with his friends. Carl Stadler led the group as usual. I tried to ignore them as best I could when Stadler called my name and I saw them split into three pairs. One pair crossed the road to get behind me, another with Henry, and a kid I recognized from an older baseball team went ahead of me. Stadler stayed on the other side of the road, goading me with increasing profanity. I was still young enough to feel small and afraid, but that summer of sporting activity away from family meant I didn't fear with quite the same sense of inevitability. I didn't try to run. I didn't try to do anything. I acted as if they weren't there, and when the first snowball landed at my feet, I didn't flinch or stop walking. "'Ooh, Walter's gone all brave on us,' hollered Stadler. More snowballs fell around me, a couple hitting me on my back and arms, but they threw from too far away to cause harm. As they closed in, one hit me near my neck, and it stung a little. I stopped walking and faced Stadler. "'Better get running, little Walt,' Stadler said. He bent down and gathered more snow." But I didn't run I stopped and bent to gather up my own handfuls of snow the two pairs of boys not containing Stadler the one in front with my brother and the one behind with the two whose names I'll never remember well they stopped too I'd always ran before but now I stood not moving and the pack didn't know what to do I shaped the snowball in my hand. Oh, Jackie would have liked this type of snow. Good packing snow. It formed a ball in my palms, and the more I worked it, the more solid it became, transforming it into a baseball-sized sphere of near ice in my hands. What are you waiting for? Said Stadler when he finished making his own snowball and realized everyone was standing still. He's got a good arm said the kid I'd recognized. But he's only got one arm, you morons, said Stadler as he strode across the icy road towards me, and in my peripheral vision, I knew the others moved in my direction, too. I felt the weight of the ice ball in my hand. I pushed down my jangling nerves. Stadler was now in range. He was a large target, not like the catcher's mitt, but I focused on a mid-sized target, Stadler's head. As he walked, my concentration narrowed until his movements seemed in slow motion. I focused on what I wanted the next few seconds to be. Stadler kept a steady pace in the same path, making it almost too easy pulled back my arm like an archer pulling his bowstring, uncoiled my shoulder and hips, and let loose my perfect ice ball. I knew as soon as it left my hand it wouldn't be far away. It wasn't total luck that the result was beyond my expectations. After all, I'd practiced hard and knew what I was capable of. But when that ice ball smacked like a rock into Carl Stadler's left temple... Even I marveled at how successful I'd been. It was one of those one-with-the-universe occasions when your thoughts and actions shaped events just as you desired. Plus, I had been in no mood to end up crying in the snow any longer. Stafford let out a wail and fell to his knees. I could see how red that side of his face was, and blood ran where the skin had torn near his ear. It had to have hurt like hell. And you know what? I was glad. I looked around, and the rest of the pack didn't know what to do. My brother looked petrified, as if fearing retribution by proxy. The one who'd seen me pitch last summer was letting everyone know he'd told them so. I already had another snowball transforming in my hand by the time Stadler got to his feet. His eyes were red and he licked a tear from the top of his lip while rubbing his temple and noticing the blood. "Uh, uh, Good good shot, Walt. Uh, uh, Good shot. That was all he said before turning his face from me. He walked to his side of the road without looking back. The rest of his pack, including my brother, shuffled back too, a couple acknowledging my good shot as they went. My heart was still racing by the time it was just me, my brother, and one of his friends from the pack. "'You're so lucky,' Henry said. "'Standler's gonna be gunning for you, am I right?' He turned to his friend to validate the question, but his friend laughed nervously. "'You'll see,' Henry continued, getting closer. "'Your medal won't save you next time,' and he started to jostle my shoulder. "'Stop it, Henry.' I said, very quietly, trying to contain myself. You gonna strike me out, huh? He said, punching me in the shoulder a little harder. Little Walter plays bat and ball and thinks he's all grown up. That was enough. Before I'd even realized, my right hand flew forward and struck Henry full on the jaw. He squealed and staggered back a couple of paces. He looked at me, afraid. I knew he could see rage in my eyes, the years of being bottom of the pile, and I knew he was working it out, that, unlike him, I didn't just have the thrill of the knife, as the saying goes, I had the taste of the blood as well. He backed away, turned his face from mine, and I left him and his friend standing in the snow while I walked home. How did that happen? said my mother full of concern later that evening. Uh, I slipped on the ice, said Henry. He was trying not to cry with little success. You gotta be careful, she said. We better get this looked at. Turned out I dislocated his jaw. And you know what? I was glad. When spring came, Henry tried to join in my practicing, offering to bat or fetch balls, anything. I wasn't interested, and not only because he wasn't good enough for what I needed. My dad spoke to me a few weeks after the incident. He didn't believe Henry had fallen on the ice, but as me and my brother had been cordial, if distant, with each other, my father hadn't wanted to press the issue. I told him what had happened. He didn't say much. I'm not sure he knew what to say, or if there was anything to say, anyway. Within the year, Henry would be leaving home, maybe for college, or just to get out into the world. Just, just maybe let him play ball with you before he goes, was all my dad said. I spent that summer with very little contact with Henry, but when it came to a week or so before he was due to go off, uh, to college, as it turned out, I knew I would miss him. Hey, Henry, I said, want to come and try and hit the ball if if I pitch you a few? Oh, sure, Walter, sure, he said, and went to pick up a bat. Before he could lift it, I spoke. Wrong answer, I said. You were supposed to say you were sorry. I walked away, leaving Henry holding the bat. He left the following week, and I did see him off, wish him luck, and all those sort of things, and I meant it. I did hope things went well for him. And I did miss him after he was gone. But then, I'd been missing him ever since he'd chosen to be a teenager, and not my brother. Thanks for coming by. I I hope you'll come again, and maybe next time there won't be a need for that winter coat. The snow is falling now, though, and you need to get going before the drifts become so deep you'll have to stay. And you don't want to have to listen to me droning on all night. Drive safely out there. The snow will all be gone soon enough. The cold kills a lot of things off through the winter, but some things survive and grow stronger. Not because they want to, but because they have no other choice. Drive safely out there. The snow will all be gone soon enough. It won't last all year, and things will change. And mind my snow dog on the path. It's hardly as good as Jackie's, but one day it will be, because, well, because I try hard enough. (laughs) Take care. Uncle Walter's Year of Wonder. You have been listening to Marty Garavaglia as Uncle Walter. The show was written and produced by Daniel Williams. Uncle Walter's Year of Wonder is a Huron City radio show for Albion Fields Productions.